There are 86,000 foundations in the United States that we seek funding from through grant proposals. What about in the international context? Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the fundraising school, and I'm joined today by Brian Rosler. Brian, uh, through experience in the Peace Corps, has significant expertise in writing grant proposals in that international context, which he now has brought forward as a consultant to help nonprofits do exactly that. We also need to say Brian is an alum of our master's program at the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy. So, Brian, thanks for letting us show off one of our alumni. Absolutely, And yeah. the great work that you're doing. Tell us a little bit about your experience in the Peace Corps in the context of raising funds by writing grant proposals in an international context. Absolutely. So, my wife and I uh, joined the Peace Corps uh, about three years ago, we went over in uh, March of 2017, mm -hmm. and we were what are called uh, community development volunteers. Mm -hmm. And our role was to, where they placed us, was to work with um, NGOs to help them uh, work on sustainability. And uh, sustainability is fundraising uh, mm -hmm. for those organizations. And for organizations in Eastern Europe, uh, sustainability and fundraising mean grant writing. There's not a strong culture of individual giving like there is here in the United States and somewhat in, in Western Europe. And so uh, because they lack that uh, culture of uh, individual giving, they rely heavily on, on writing grants. So what is that experience like? Are the foundations in those European and other international locations or were you writing grant proposals back to the United States? What were the sources of the funding? The sources of the funding were primarily um, organizations in the United States and mm. uh, within the European Union. Mm. Um, in fact, there were almost no uh, foundations within Ukraine that were actually granting money. Mm -hmm. um, there were some uh, really innovative, innovative NGOs that were starting to build a tradition of small grant making within their communities to um, individuals uh, for things like neighborhood associations and homeowners associations and small projects but the large organizations within the in the country were basically reaching out to the United States Embassy, the Canadian Embassy, the British Embassy, Scandinavian Embassies and other larger international foundations. So then how did you find foundations where you could apply. You mentioned the embassies just mm -hmm. now, yeah. uh, but how would you locate the foundations that would be interested in funding your work, say, in Ukraine? Uh, yeah, uh, we had to work in a lot of cases with uh, organizations in other countries as well. And so we would, uh, the organizations that we would work with would have uh, maybe established partnerships with organizations in, in within the European Union because they, the, the international organizations like to do a lot of cross-border cross grants, mm -hmm. and so which requires partnerships with those countries. And so we would work with uh, other organizations in other countries based on what their knowledge and their relationships were with foundations. We'd also just do some good old-fashioned research mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. work with uh, other, uh, and kind of reach out and try to build relationships with foundations. And we also relied pretty heavily within are the network of Peace Corps volunteers um, and working with each other to figure out who's applying to who, what they're applying for, what people are funding, what are what people are trying to support 
Um, and so Peace Corps volunteers just in the nation where you're working or Peace Corps volunteers around the world? Uh, primarily within the nation that we are working because that's where our network was strongest. Mm -hmm. But there were network, there were, you know, you know, Eastern European Facebook page where volunteers could reach out for uh, and, and post questions and have resources, and that would be a helpful avenue for some volunteers as well. Now, when making a request to a donor or writing a grant proposal to a funder, the fundraising school teaches this all starts with making your case. Mm -hmm. You have to have your case. It needs to be compelling. It needs to be distinct from other nonprofit organizations. How do you make your case in an international context when the potential funder perhaps is not in that nation. Yeah, so it's all about looking at whatever the, the funding priorities of that funder is in terms of making the case. Um, and in Ukraine, as you might have heard from the news recently, a lot of that is around anti-corruption efforts right mm -hmm, now. Mm -hmm. And so that's, you get a lot of grants that are supporting um, anti-corruption efforts for organizations. Um, you have uh, also a lot of grants that are working on building um, democracy within the country. Mm -hmm. um, one of the projects that I worked on was um, uh, a big effort to decentralize the Ukrainian government. And so that was taking take, reducing the power of the central government mm -hmm. in Kyiv and providing more lo local governments with um, that authority. Um, and villages. And so you might have a village community of, you know, 25,000 people, a network of villages. And, you know, one year they had, you know, they got $10,000 USD from the government. And then the next year they got $250,000. And so organizations like mine were working on teaching local governments how to actually run a government efficiently, how to utilize that funds, how to engage local populations in uh, fundraising efforts, uh, or uh, uh, how to use the money, how they want to use the money. Um, and so a lot of the funding went for that kind of priority as mm -hmm, well, mm -hmm. building democracy within the country. Even though it's a democratic country, uh, there are still lots of things that they need to do to improve their de democratic efforts. So somebody might, uh say that your work is community development, but if you see a funder that says, we are interested in uh, you know, power to the people, social justice in terms of grassroots empowerment, mm -hmm. you know, decentralizing a national government yeah. to provide more authority to local government and local residents, then you're able to say, well, I might call community development, but it certainly fits within those guidelines sure. with a straight face. You're not chasing the money. The community development work truly does fit into those goals of the foundation. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of what we were working on in Ukraine was helping organizations not chase the money. This mm -hmm, was a problem mm -hmm. that all Peace Corps volunteers faced was working with them to stay true to their mission and not work on mission drift. It's challenging for them because um, a lot of the people who run these NGOs who are work in the NGOs in Ukraine and, and I would imagine in other parts of Eastern Europe, it's oftentimes their second job. So all of the people that I worked with, the majority of them were, um, were uh, university professors at the local, one of the local universities. But that funding, the, the salaries for those type of jobs um, might be $200 a month. And so these highly talented and trained people work at 
go and work at an organization to try to do positive change in the community, um, but sometimes it requires um, seeking funds where funds are available. So the temptation is to chase the money. And yeah. guess what? We hear that in the United States all the time. Oh, yeah. uh, we train about 6,000 people each year at the fundraising school all over the world. And a key message from the fundraising school is don't chase the money. There are certainly plenty of foundations out there. Do your homework. And when your case and your values align with the guidelines of the foundation, then you have a wonderful opportunity to submit a grant proposal. Brian, let me ask you about the corporate sector. Were mm -hmm. you writing proposals to businesses at all, and what did that look like? No, just primarily to government organizations um, uh, and private foundations. Mm -hmm. uh, there were some interesting efforts at social entrepreneurship in Ukraine that were growing, that were engaging um, businesses and companies in efforts around philanthropy. Um, and so you could kind of see the Ukrainian uh, nonprofit sector kind of working to build relationships with corporate entities. Mm -hmm. uh, but there was, again, not a, a strong tradition of a corporate fundraising in there. So. And that's, again, one of the takeaways internationally. You know, there can be opportunities, say you're doing work in Mexico, are there United States corporations that do business in Mexico? If you're working in Poland, U.S. corporations that have a strong presence in Poland, their philanthropy might be tied into some of those international locations because they have an office, a factory, a plant, shipping center, and so forth in those international locations. So it's something to keep in mind when you're doing international fundraising. Brian, kind of, kind of last point, what's your big takeaway for fundraisers? What, what is your big word of advice if they find themselves in an international location and they want to successfully write grant proposals? Ah. Uh, uh, excellent question. So I would, I would provide uh, uh, people to enter it cautiously and carefully and ensuring that if you're working with an organization um, in an inter uh, internationally to ensure that you are approaching their, their funding goals thoughtfully and ensuring that you're not leading them down a different path if they're sticking towards their mission. Um, and ensuring that you are also working to build those strong partnerships with other uh, organizations in their community and cross-border partnerships, because that's where a lot of international funders are liking or wanting to see their money go to, is to these wide, large efforts to make uh, 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 foundational changes in, in countries. Brian Rosler has given us good practical advice on writing grant proposals in an international context. But as you can see in here as Brian talks, Brian is a leader who sees the big picture, and that's what happens for our alumni who earn their master's degrees from the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy. The title of the degree is Master's in Philanthropic Studies. I'd love to call it Master's Degree in Philanthropic Leadership. And from Brian's story, you can see why. We ask the big questions, challenge with the big ideas. We ask why and what's next. And that helps prepare you to lead in the philanthropic sector, as we've heard from Brian and his story today. If you're interested in that master's degree, which, by the way, is now available entirely online, you can earn that master's degree oh. in Ukraine, Brian, wow. uh, if somebody were so to decide, yeah. or anywhere else in the world. Information is on our website philanthropy.iupui.edu. Now, when you throw in the forward slash and the fundraising school, then you find out about our 20 public courses in 18 U.S. cities. You also learn more about our custom training, which we can develop courses 
specifically for your team, your organization, your nonprofit association, your region, and in fact, on a cost per person basis, the custom training is often the most cost efficient way to go. We also have quarterly webinars and these free weekly podcasts, again, on the website at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. With Brian Rosler, I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the fundraising school. Thank you.